Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of River Dish. I'm your host, Ryan Bloomquist, here with my co-host... Sam Gold. We're here today alone because we don't need a guest. No, the two of us are better than anyone, let's be real. Yeah, and this is an opportunity for our listeners to get to know us a little bit better. We were so happy to have Monet on the last episode, and we are going to have guests uh, coming up, some exciting ones. Yes, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, can't let the cat out of the bag yet. No, we cannot. But today, we want to delve into a juicy episode, the second episode of Riverdale, where a lot of things happened. Yeah, I have to be honest in that I was scared. It was such a strong pilot for me that I was afraid that we were going to get into the second episode and things would slow down some, things would be less exciting, I wouldn't be as into it. But I have to say, it it really uh, held its ground for me. Yeah, I felt it was quite the opposite of that. The second episode was just as exciting, and it kind of ended the whole introductory period to all the characters and sets up exactly where our mystery is going to lead to. So we open up the second episode with Archie shirtless in bed. Thank you, CW. Oh my god. Oh my god. covered in the perfect amount of sweat. Like, I'm an ugly sweater in bed. Like, I would turn and you would just see an ugly marking of me. Not Archie. Archie wakes up (sighs) pristine, perfect. No, his gray boxer trunks. Yeah, and he knows it, which leads him to texting Betty a middle of the night, you up text. Typical teenage boy. Typical teenage boy. But it's kind of unfortunate, his positioning with Betty's house. Fortunate in that she gets to, like, watch him change every morning. But also, like, it's really hard to ghost someone when, like, you can literally look across the lawn into their bedroom and be That's like, true. I didn't girl, I know you're up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It gets harder to lie about that. Oh, that sucks. But she, so she ignores him, though. She goes, no, I'm not. Yeah, Betty is still pissed off about what happened at Cheryl Blossom's party. Archie and Veronica ended up in the closet playing Seven Minutes of Heaven. And Betty doesn't know what happened behind closed doors, but she suspects that something has. Yeah. But, so, Betty's not giving him the time of day. No. So, Archie decides to, like, take a midnight run. As one does. <laughs> Doesn't put on a shirt. Just <laughs> throws on some shorts, which, like, hey, again, I'm totally fine with. Um, my question is, can these kids drive yet? I don't know. They're supposed to be sophomores, I believe, in high school? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a weird person because I didn't get my license until I was like 21. I'm 24 and I still can't drive, so I don't blame any of the kids in Riverdale for not having licenses. No, and if it's an excuse to see Archie jog shirtless... Yeah, then I'm here for it. Honey, like, put off that license as far as you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but then he runs to Miss Grundy's house. First of all, that also was kind of confusing for me because, A... How many times has he been to her house before? And B, does Miss Grundy sleep in those glasses? I think she does put the glasses... I think we see her put the glasses on. Did we? I don't know. I just see her with those glasses permanently glued to her face. Well, it kind of has to be because when I saw her without the glasses, she does... She looks 23. But then she throws on the glasses and you're like, okay, CW, I see where you're going where like you're wanting to convince us that she's... At least mid thirties, right? It's true. Yeah, but he runs to her house, and he's still anxious about what ha- they heard on the Fourth of July—the gunshot while they were having sexy time in the woods. 
And Miss Grundy's reluctant. She still doesn't want to tell the principal or the police about what they heard because she's worried about her job and, you know, the casual statutory rape. And she kind of convinces Archie that she's not going to say anything and neither is he. Yeah, and she's very uh, manipulative. Very manipulative. Like, we'll get into this later, but I think she... She's, she's very no suspicious to us. And it's not just because of the glasses. Because poor Archie. we Archie's just dumb. Yeah, he's... I mean, in the comic as well, he was always kind of head in the clouds, a little clueless. Yeah, well, we learned later in the episode that Betty had to, like, tutor him in second grade because he was going to be held back. I mean, it takes so, a lot to be held back in second grade. Yeah, but yet he's on, he is on varsity football, AP music, yeah, we learn. So he's he pretty has, stretched out, you he know? He has his talents, he but does, he we does. can't all be good at everything. No, and of course he's easily swayed to do what his hot older woman, who's his secret girlfriend, is telling him to do, as any of us would probably be. Yeah, because I don't think she's like, you'll be expelled. I don't think he'd be... Mm, I don't expelled think the victim if, of statutory rape is usually the one that's expelled from school. Right. It's just... Sayonara, Miss Grundy. Yeah, which, hey, if the sex is good, yeah, I understand that it would be upsetting. I agree, too. Yeah. Um, so so we have that scene, and then we cut back to uh, Betty and her parents, her mom, who, another suspicious character here, uh, is very into the whole whole murder. We learn she's, she writes for the... She's a reporter. ...the paper... And I kept thinking about what, she's like, we're not going to have any sleep for many nights uh, because of this is going to go nationwide. And I honestly connect. If there was a murder in my hometown and, like, I had an opportunity to be, like, you know, if Dateline's coming, I'm going to be ready for interviews. It's true. You know what? But it's also suspicious on her part because she seems almost excited about this. I mean, it's going to make her career, uh, obviously, better that week when they're hunting for a murderer. So Mrs. Cooper tells Betty not to hang out with Archie or Veronica and the whole squad. And Betty reluctantly kind of agrees. But then the scene changes and she immediately knocks on Archie's door asking him to walk her to school. It seems like all is forgiven and that Betty doesn't always do what her mother says. Yeah, first of all, do we think Mrs. Cooper likes anyone in Riverdale? It's hard to say. I mean, I think that she really just wants her daughter to be a superstar. And since something happened to Betty's older sister, Polly, which we'll get into later, I think that she's setting her sights directly on Betty. And I don't think she likes anyone else, really. Yeah. And she's kind of the classic small-town reporter. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know about your town, but for me, like, we had a tiny newspaper, but the, the head reporter was never really liked in town. Because it was a small town, and she she wanted to be in everyone's business, yeah, no, which I sharks. get. They're sharks, and they're hungry. That's her job. That's her job. But in this time of the press versus the government, uh, we're really getting that on Riverdale. We are. It's very topical. It is. So, so Archie and Betty are like making up on their way to school. They get there, she bumps into Kevin, and all of a sudden she gets like summoned to the principal's office. Probably not the principal's office, but you know how the principal always has a receptionist yes, that yes, takes yes. all like the requests and stuff. So mm-hmm. I feel like she's more uh, she's more at the receptionist desk. And she's greeted by this huge, gorgeous bouquet of yellow flowers with a card from V. 
So immediately, Kevin's like, who the fuck is V? But he knows immediately. It's from Veronica. Right. Turn around, and there Veronica is... Looking fabulous, might I add. Yeah. But, like, a blast from the past from, like, ten years ago when it was in vogue to bring people cupcakes. Yes. From Magnolia Bakery. Which, first of all, okay... Let's talk about Magnolia Bakery cupcakes. Okay, let's do it. What do you think about them, Ryan? They're awful. I agree. You know what? There are so many cupcake places that are infinitely better than Magnolia cupcakes. And it was, I think it's Sex in the City's fault. Oh, completely. Um, but I don't know why Magnolia's blew up into what it is now. I have no idea. But listen, still a nice gift. But also... Veronica showering Betty with these elaborate gifts. Also, she got her a uh, hers and hers Manny Petty at the local Riverdale salon. Isn't Veronica and her mother facing financial turmoil? How can she afford to lavishly spend all these money on Betty? Right, and especially so Hermione's working at Pops because times are so tough for the family. But yet Veronica is shipping in subpar cupcakes from New York City. Hey, maybe it's that briefcase of money that came in from Hiram. That's a that's an interesting point. Maybe yeah. It is. Yeah, maybe uh Veronica's just like digging her hands in. Yeah. Have you ever had the um banana pudding from Oh I have had that. You know what? Magnolia? That's not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, I've never had it. Oh you gotta try it. Maybe. It's good. It's, it's the never... one redeeming thing at Magnolia. It's well, that's like... what everyone tells me. I think so. You should but... try it. It's good, Ryan. I know, but I get angry at them. And every time you walk through the West Village and see the line outside... I know, I know. But tell you what, if I ever hook up with someone that you have a crush on during Seven Minutes in Heaven, I'll mail you some Magnolia Bakery banana pudding. Perfect. I and look forward we'll, to that. You know, make up. You should make that happen. Okay. Let's yeah. Find I think I'm sure I can find someone. Okay, great. Um, but anyway, so... So she's trying to heal things with cupcakes. I wrote down the quote. She goes, um, my mom always says, there's no wrong a cupcake can't fix. Mm, disagree. Yeah. There's a lot of wrongs in my life that a cupcake would not fix. And maybe it doesn't even take the cupcakes. I know we're delving really deep into this cupcake situation, but it bothered me. It bothered me too. Because Veronica was just like, oh, okay, like I'll save these for lunch then. And, and let's be real, no girl me. in Riverdale is going to eat a cupcake. No. Well, first of all, I don't know how they stay so skinny. Because seemingly the only restaurant there is Pop's Chocolate Shop. And all that Pop serves is cupcakes and burgers. And milkshakes. And milkshakes. And they're always there. They're always there. But yet they have like these six-pack abs, which I guess is like kids in high school. I always had friends. Yeah. I've never had good metabolism. Oh, um, shame. I know. Yeah, I grew up obese. All that shit. But... Like, I had friends in high school that would eat, like, a large pizza every night and then yeah. still come to school the next day and be, like, fine. And yeah, older like people say... Kids, calories don't kick in until junior year of high school. So next year, they're fucked. Maybe. Well, that is true, because I did... I went to college and lost a lot of weight, so then right. I came back and was like, ooh, like... Yeah. You know, it right. gets better. It gets better. Wait till the Riverdale Fizier reunion. Then we can go back on this topic. Yeah, because older people always say, like... Oh, eat while you're young. But I never had that luxury. But oh. these kids, I guess, do. They do. I mean... I think there has to be a Riverdale health store somewhere. Maybe. Or like a diet menu at Pops that we don't see on screen. Yeah. I hope you, I hope you see more storefronts. Like, I want to see the gay bar. I want to yes. see the health food store. I'd love to see the Maddie Petty place that they allegedly went to. Mm -hmm. I want to see the gym. The Zumba Studios. Yeah. You know, I want to see all Riverdale as well. There's probably Riverdale CrossFit. Oh, probably. Who does? Um, 
River cycle. Yeah, Archie's dad maybe does CrossFit. Luke maybe Perry. Archie's dad is so hot. Let's just point this out for a minute. In the beginning, back to the beginning of the episode, when Archie comes back from his midnight run, his dad is just casually like hanging out in the kitchen. He just looks so good Ugh. at all times. Yeah, like I can't wait for the scene where he goes into pops and sees Hermione Lodge in that little outfit, and then we have some nice little and they just fuck. Yeah, yeah in the diner, right on the counter. Yeah, it's very waitress. Very waitress. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, maybe if Archie got, like, a six-pack from working the construction site, his dad doesn't eat CrossFit. That's true. Maybe not. Betty's mom definitely does, like, spin classes in Riverdale. Oh, she's definitely, like, that woman who wakes up first in the morning, goes to Pilates, then has yoga, then spin. Yeah. Then gets the groceries, and then gets her pills. Yeah, or maybe she travels to a neighboring city. Maybe. We don't know. I don't because she has her day free besides right. reporting and you know that woman to... has her day meticulously scheduled yeah there's not a moment to spare there's too much Botox to get yeah so anyway um Veronica promises to bring the cupcakes to lunch and we immediately get Betty who's sort of just making peace with everyone yeah she kind of throws everything under the rug yeah if she takes sort of the Erica Jane path where she says uh you know path of least resistance it's better for her to just be like yeah we fought last week but you know what i'll get past it and we'll move on um which i don't know is very betty to me it does seem very betty because i think that betty's someone who always pretends everything's perfect when on the surface and then underneath there's so many demons going on Mm -hmm. and we soon kind of see that because we're seated at lunch and archie starts playing a song in his guitar for (sighs) betty and veronica and for kevin First of all, there's nothing more annoying to me than a man with a guitar. Even when he looks like Archie. The people I went to high school with, like, the ones that played an instrument and thought that they wanted to hear, that you wanted to hear them serenade you constantly. It's like, no one wants to hear your rudimentary guitar playing to some fucking Dave Matthews Band cover at lunch. And this is coming from someone who would take the microphone from the lunch lady in elementary school and sing Judy Garland songs. I was into it personally. Listen, if someone's going to serenade me during lunch while I'm eating my peanut butter sandwich, hey, do it. I'm all for it. Yeah, but he isn't good. He's not good, but you know what? He's singing a love song that he clearly wrote. Right, which is what gets Betty. Betty immediately realizes she's not the one that he's singing about Mm -hmm. and bursts into tears proclaiming she can't do this. She thought she was okay, but she's not, as we expected her to be. And she runs out of the lunchroom. Yeah, first of all, they're also eating lunch outside. Yes, actually, the lunchroom at Riverdale seems to be on a field. The whole high school we really have to talk about, too. We do. There's the student lounge, which is, like, very, like, Hogwarts-esque. It's very Hogwarts-esque. I don't know, did you have a student lounge growing up? No, of course not. No. We yeah. had the lunchroom, which I guess was, like, the most common space you could we have. We would, like, hang out in the hallway. Right. Yeah. That or was like, the lounge. Yeah, just kissing the stairwell. Yeah, but they have this, like, beautiful lounge. They have this huge, like, giant football field. Yeah, couch. Couch, like, it's crazy. Imagine how much semen is on that couch. Oh, I don't even want to think about that. Our, my one place in school where I would hang out was uh, the choir lounge. Oh. Like, outside of, of the choir room, we had a little strip which was, like, reserved strictly for, like, choir kids. So it was very, it's very Glee. 
but all the kids would go there because, like, I don't want to find, you know, no one wanted to find their own lunch table because they're all the misfits, you know, doing choir and performing arts. But we had a little, like, room that was literally painted rainbow. Um, it's the gayest and, like, thing you've ever told me about music, high school. <laughs> sheet music, like, photos of past productions all up. We had a private bathroom. Oh, my and, God. And, like, the biggest controversy in high school was when, like, football and sports kids would come sneak into the bathroom. Because, like... No, they're not allowed there. No, because no, they would no. just take, like, giant shits there. Oh. But that was our place. Oh, and they God. broke into our sanctuary... Yeah, that's not cool. ...to, like, literally shit on it. Oh, my God. I'm so, so sorry, Yeah. It's you a know, terrible high school experience. The resistance you Riverdale early. High has an acapella group? I want to say absolutely. The Riverdale Tones. I like it. Right? It's kind of catchy. But they already have so much music going I on. I think Josie dominates the music scene there. Totally. And Miss Grundy with be, her instruments. Yeah, and I don't picture Miss Grundy leading an acapella group. I don't either. No. And I think Josie's already too big in her own band yeah. to like to be a part of the acapella group. She's already established. She has connections. Yeah, her mother's the, mayor's, the mayor. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There's so many. There's so many interesting facets of Riverdale High that we have to get into. It's a complex school. Complex town. First of all, when your principal, Principal Weatherby, who's wearing a bolo tie, <laughs> <laughs> like starts the morning announcements by announcing um, a homicide. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but in my high school experience, on the morning announcements, we'd ever gotten news of a student's death told morosely over the morning announcements. No. Hi, today it's going to be sunny outside. The school lunch is baloney. And also Jason Blossom died last weekend and his body was brought up in the river. Yeah, and Kevin is, we learn, is the the sheriff's son. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of into Kevin's dad. Kevin's dad is hot. Yeah. He really is yeah. hot. Yeah, he, like, he could be my daddy. He could be my daddy. I like the parents in the show. It has a very Gossip Girl thing for me where the parents are just so hot that you're kind of really into them. Nonetheless, it's, like, not responsible as a law official to make an announcement like that no. over a student morning but announcement. this is Riverdale High. Anything yeah. goes. And, of course, Cheryl immediately bursts in, uh, interrupts the announcements. <laughs> Hashtag Riverdale Strong. Yeah, that was my favorite part. Oh, me too. Um, Gotta say, Cheryl Blossom, she seems to be holding it together pretty well. She does. Thus far. Yeah, I don't know. Well... We'll get to it. It's all very... We'll get to it. It's a big mystery. It's a big mystery. And, you know, at this point in the episode, when they're making the announcement about Jason and she's present, she also announces that the pep rally is still going on. Also, for the first week of the school year, to have a formal dance at a pep rally seems really aggressive to me. They're busy. They're busy. But I guess when there's nothing else to do in town... I guess so, right? I guess I would go to those things. I would too. I never went to a... Once not a good picture, and I left. Yeah, you know. Um, next, though, we're greeted by Jughead in the hallway confronting Archie. So this is an interesting scene because we didn't see much of Jughead in the last episode, and now we see that Jughead and Archie—they're pretty good friends. Yeah, but in that typical, typical football jock meets the, the kind of quiet nerd quiet way, yes. where like. Publicly, we don't see much of their relationship, but intimately, we get a sense that they're very close. It leads me to believe they were good friends when they were younger. Right. And they're still close. 
I mean, they were supposed to go on a road trip together over the 4th of July that Archie canceled. Where do you think they were going? Well, I don't know where Riverdale is geographically. Right. I mean, I'd imagine they were going to, like, some kind of national park to, like, camp out. That's the vibe I get. Yeah. Or, like, I got a sense of maybe, like, a janky theme park. Oh, You know, yeah. that they do every summer. I and that's totally the thing that. they do. I could see them sharing a cotton, cotton candy. candy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You agree? It's on the same page. On the same page, baby. There we go. Fan fiction. Jughead and Archie. Licking that cotton candy together as they ride the Ferris wheel. You're welcome, mm. listeners. I would lick anything, Archie. I would like anything too. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Archie cancels the trip, which we know is because he was with Miss Grundy outside the river. Um, but he quickly lies and tries to deflect and say that he had to work, he had to cancel, and Jackie doesn't really buy it. He clearly knows Archie really well to know that he's not telling him the full truth. Yeah. Um, which I don't know is interesting when you're that close of friends mm-hmm. to have that much suspicion. But we then cut to the coroner's office with Mrs. Cooper. Yeah, it's interesting to me that Mrs. Cooper can be in the autopsy room as the report is being uncovered. I don't know the protocol for reporters, but it seems a little intense. I feel like we may cut back to this scene in the future. I think so too. Because we know she's the reporter. We know she she could be giving money to to get into the coroner's office to see the body to get the scoop on the story and maybe next week we'll just learn that she like publishes everything and like that turns into a whole mess. Right. But part of me wonders if she has more of an involvement in what the coroner's report says. I think she might. Anyway, cut back to Archie, who's confronted by Principal Weatherby, still in his bolo tie. Still in the bolo tie. Uh, But Weatherby confronts him about being, looking in his window during the morning announcements, giving that look of confusion. It's kind of unclear. The principal's suspicious, and he suspects that Archie has more that he knows that he's not telling anyone. Yeah, which we know he does. He does. But Archie's freaking out, because he's dumb. First of all, Archie could just... All he has to do is say he was in the park and heard a gunshot. If he's such a big jogger, he jogs shirtless all the time in the middle of the morning, it would make sense that he was running through the park and Archie's heard something. Archie's not smart enough to piece that together. I know, but he doesn't have to involve Miss Grundy. I know, but he can't see otherwise. Yeah, and this is a, it's a teen drama. We have to accept the, we have to accept accept the, the circumstances. Anyway, conflicted, he goes back to Mrs. Grundy. Who's like... Humping a cello? She's literally humping a cello. <laughs> like the scene cuts and she's looking like forlorn, like with a cello between her legs. Like it's really like cello rape to me. <laughs> yeah, she's she has some issues. She has some serious issues and she's still adamant about Archie not telling. Yeah. And again, she's just manipulating him, but chooses to take the path of saying last episode it was kind of more I understood her position more because she was in the camp of saying, Archie, this can't happen. We need to call this quits. She, you know, I guess it was after seeing him shirtless when he jogged to her house. But now she's back into it. And she decides to fondle his hand for minutes. And Jughead happens to be walking by the classroom. And he sees movement in the window. Yeah. And he sees this hand fondling action. At least. Cello in the background. At least black out the windows. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're both not the smartest fish in the sea. 
Yeah, but I don't know about the hand fondling. I don't know either. And I also don't know how honest Miss Grundy is. There's a lot more that seems to be going on. And I, I'm very suspicious of her. And I think that there's a lot more reason. Just, you know, not just that Archie and her relationship is going to blow up. I think that she could be involved in Jason's murder. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so we, we cut from that scene. There's a lot of cutting around, but we got to get everyone's story. We do. Uh, we cut to the practice for the pep rally. Learn that there's going to be a downpour, which I want to return to later. But first, we do get a fight again between um, Betty and Veronica. We do. Who all of a sudden kind of does a 180, decides she's mad at Veronica again because of what happened in the closet, and then asks Cheryl to take her place at the uh, Manny Petty date. And Cheryl surprisingly agrees. Yeah, but why would you turn down a Manny Petty? First of all, it's a little weird of Veronica to get a gift card for a Manny Petty and assume that she's going to be the one on the other end of receiving the gift card. That's true, but I guess if I was the gifter giving a two for two or two for one, I yeah. would, you know, assume that I'm also going to be invited. Yeah, but that's us. I went through a whole phase when I was, like, younger of giving experiences to people, but it was mostly because I wanted to have the experience. I and just got an you. extra ticket. Well, it was still generous of me. Of like, course. I'm still paying for the other person. But I was like, oh, my God, you know, here are tickets to this. And yeah. it was, like, because I wanted to see it. I get that. And I guess Veronica just expected that she would go with Betty. Yeah. But we know that doesn't happen. No. Uh, but of course that date doesn't go well. We cut back to Betty's house, doing makeup. They're talking about the, how the room looks. Yeah, um, it's a very sexual makeover scene between Cheryl and Betty. Yeah. They're like doing blush. They're leaning very close. Like, hey, CW, I see you. And Cheryl is just digging for information about Polly. Yeah, we see Cheryl's ulterior motives when... We learn why she quickly accepted the invite to the Maddie Petty and then Betty's house because she's digging for details about Polly and what happened at the end of her and Jason's relationship. So Betty totally freaks out, tells Cheryl to get out of her house or she's going to kill her. Yeah, Betty goes full Hulk Hogan mode and she goes, get out of my house, Cheryl, or I'll kill you. Which is very ominous if in the plot of a teen murder. Yeah, it's a weird line reading because, and I'm sure she was directed that way, but she's not, like, I don't believe that she's serious about murdering someone, but if you throw that out there and there's a murder at hand, you're going to be a suspect now. I think so, so too. Betty, welcome to the club. Hey, girl. Yeah. Hey, girl. Hey, hey girl. girl. Murder club. Um... Murder Club. Murder we should start. Club. We're gonna start a segment called. I have Murder a real club. club called Murder Club. Yeah. More on that later. Uh, so, we also kind of skipped over Hermione, who we now know is working at a Pop's chocolate shop. <laughs> she looks. First of all, like I don't know what look she's serving us in her I, uniform. Listen, I do think she looks like Party City waitress. Like I've seen that uniform like at Party City on sale post Halloween. Right. And Archie walks in immediately. She's like, fuck, who's this hunk? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Veronica's there, tells Archie to bring her home. So Veronica and Archie go on a walk. 
Yeah, and that's when we learn, and we've said this already, but that's when we learn that Betty had to hear Archie. We and it's clear that Veronica dumb. is all for team Archie and Betty. Like, she's going to back off right now. She wants Archie and Betty to succeed and work out. Yeah, and we learned that Archie was Betty's first kiss. Yes. Poor Betty. This girl is so helplessly in love with him. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Who do you... Who's, whose team are you on? I think I'm definitely team Veronica. Just because yeah. she's fierce and fabulous, and I think that they could have a really wild relationship. But you gotta feel bad for Betty. I mean, the girl's been in love with him for years. I know. You know? What team yeah. are you on, Ryan? I'm gonna go team Betty. Ooh. And I don't... And, and I do think Betty is, like, boring for me. She's not... Veronica's the more exciting choice. But there's a part of my heart that still believes that love wins and that Betty will prevail. Oh, so, that's very sweet. We know it's never true, but... Yeah, nice. I know. We'll see. We'll see. But speaking of love... We then cut to Jughead and Archie, who are growing it out outside of Archie's house. Yeah, this is a very telling scene, because Archie actually confides in Jughead about the relationship with Miss Grundy, and the fact that he heard gunshots the night of July 4th. And this is interesting, because clearly nobody else in the world knows, but he feels comfortable enough, and there's such a trust between Jughead and Archie, that we can see that there's a very deep relationship here. Yeah, uh, Jughead goes, like, um, when he talks about Miss Grundy's, like, so you're not going to tell the truth because, like, you just want to fuck this cougar. And it's it's a it's a bro-to-bro moment where we get a, more of a sense of their relationship. We do. And it's a very good scene, I thought. Yeah. But, of course, this leads Archie into more of a tailspin, speaking to his dad, who's saying, what, what should he do? And his dad looking really sexy. Tells him that it's always the best to do the right thing. Both of them. Even Archie's V-necks are like oh, perfectly God. cut. God, I mean, the Andrews family, like, ugh. You just see, like, how the muscle peeps out. Yeah, but then I mean, the hey, construction work, baby. It's where it's at. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, and then his dad, of course, is saying, you know what, dude? Like, this is, first of all, he's like, wow, this is, like, the most important talk we've had in ages. So that's cute. That is cute. I guess, yeah. Um... Do we know what Archie's mom... We don't. We yeah. don't know what happened. I'm curious to see if that'll reveal itself over time. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But we cut to a moment where he says, you know what, however hard it is to tell the truth, that's the right thing to do, no matter like who the chick is that you're going to hurt. And Archie kind of decides, yeah, you know what, I'm going to be a man, and I'm going to do this. Yeah. He kind of makes up his mind. Yeah. It's a hero moment. The hero's decision. Um... So we get a sense of Jughead and Archie's friendship. And we see that immediately in this scene, again returning to that weird student lounge, which Ugh. looks like super comfy with a semen-soaked couch. Hogwarts. Yeah. Where Reggie is, first of all, beating up on Moose, saying like, oh, you're a tight end, dude. Like, what about Kevin? And then is kind of confronting everyone about like who the murderer could be. Yeah. It's the first time we see the students actually conflicted and actually a little nervous about the murderer running around town and everyone's blaming each other and then of course Jughead is looking sulking in a corner so he's like well it's probably Jughead look at him he looks like a murderer yeah I imagine that is what like Thanksgiving is like at Stephen Avery's house oh I have no doubt everyone just pointing fingers it's like must have been you man making a murderer Riverdale 
But anyway, so <laughs> Reggie immediately uh, says that Jughead must have done it. Uh, Archie steps in. They get in a big fight. Reggie a- punches him in the eye. Yeah. And then we cut to the pep rally. Ah, yes, we do. So the pep rally is this huge, big event, as Riverdale does. I'm confused again by the weather at the pep rally. Oh, Because we're told that it's going to be torrential rain. And some people are still dressed for rain. Some people, like, the mayor is the only one holding an umbrella. And everyone else seems very comfortable in (laughs) their uniforms, hats. Like, no one's getting wet, but yet... The mayor's holding an umbrella. The first thing out of her mouth is, thank you so much for coming out in this weather. Yeah, I mean, Riverdale, weather can't get them down. Yeah, I don't know if they just couldn't afford, like, a rain machine. I don't know how that works in Hollywood. But before the mayor speaks, we get some uh, interactions with different characters. First of all, so we have to just talk about Betty, who's... So back and forth with her friendships in this episode. Yes. She starts, you know, we start immediately. She's in a bad place with them. She quickly forgives them. But then halfway through the episode, she's mad at them again. Like I said, though, I think that Betty's someone who's always pretended that everything was okay. And I think that, you know, with her mother and this new girl that she's like wanting to be friends with, but her love for Archie that's unrequited, I think she's finally at her breaking point. Where she's learning, I cannot do that anymore. Yeah. She just flip-flops so much. You know, know. it brings but me back to... she's also on pills. Her mom has been giving her ADHD medication. Who knows what other kind of pills she's been having, you know? Yeah. It brings me back to middle school when I would look at a Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. And you were conflicted also. Yeah, really just back and flip forth. and flop and flip and flop. Of... So you kind of understand Betty's predicament. I, I, I get it, but I hope she comes out on the right end. I hope she will. We'll see. Yeah. And Archie again, though. So, so Betty's now mad at them, but Archie's made up his mind that he's going to confront Miss Grundy. He's going to try to mend his relationship with Jughead. He's going to try to make up to Betty. All in one scene, which is very Real Housewives to me. Oh, Of yes. like when the end of an episode comes and someone like Ramona, the apologizer, comes around and just says, oh no, I made a mess. Like, let me hit each wife and, and make an apology. Well, if you've learned anything from Real Housewives, it's always the best to apologize for all your wrongdoings at a huge social party or an event. Right. Um, and, and it works. It does work. Listen, yeah. no one wants to... Be in a bad, foul mood at these huge, you know, pep rallies or big parties. Yeah, we don't know about Miss Grundy. We never really get her reaction. She's just sort of, I don't know. Yet we we don't see her reaction, which would be interesting. But knowing Miss Grundy, she's probably just fiercely playing that cello. Yeah, we go (laughs) working on that fingering. Mm. We, uh, regardless of that, though, we cut to Jughead, who is speaking with Archie, and they promise to eat a lifetime of hamburgers together. Ugh, again with make the hamburgers. Nice. Uh, and then we cut to the real programming here ah, with yes. the mayor, who we learn is Josie's mom. Yes, which is interesting and somewhat, you know, unnecessary. I like it, though. I like it, too. Yeah. But it makes sense why Josie's, like, the star of the school. Totally. And Josie and the Pussycats have been recruited to sing for the, the cheerleaders, the Vixens. The Vixens, Vixens, who really reminds me of the team from Bring It On in their routine at regionals. That's what this really reminded me of. Uh, lots of lots of ponying. Lots of ponying. In the song. Yeah. Which lots is, of, like, 
shimmying down. Mm-hmm. It was pretty sexy. I guess, yeah, but it was also me at every dance call I've been to when they give you 16 counts of freestyle. Well, let's be real. We don't, I don't know how good Cheryl's choreo is. Yeah, and I just, I personally don't have much to pull out in the dance department, so I technic- I really rely on ponies and shimmies. I respect that. I did really enjoy Josie and the Pussycats' cover of Sugar Sugar. Yes, which, again, just to refresh our listeners, I am an Archie virgin. Sam, on the other hand knows Archie comic lore. I do. Uh, but, you know, like any good podcaster, I did my research before uh, starting recording today and know that that song, which I really didn't know until now, was by the Archies. I didn't know that. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that song that's just like... Wait, that is so interesting and I kind of love that. I love that little kitschy like tie-in right there. Yeah. Which we're seeing a lot of in the series. I mean, the showrunner of Riverdale is um, one of the heads of the Archie Foundation, of the Archie Company. So it makes sense. Yeah. So the performance ends. Cheryl runs up and hugs Josie, and then the football team immediately bursts through their papier-mâché thing in art, from art class. Oh, I fucking hate football. I kind of love when they burst through things, though. I like that, too, but it's only good in slow motion. Yeah. And it is in slow motion, and Cheryl looks at Archie, and she flashes for a moment and sees Jason in the Archie. Gingers, come on. And it's the first time that it kind of hit Cheryl the extent of what happened to her brother. And she immediately breaks down. Yeah, she runs away from the field. It's also the first time as viewers that we get a sense of... And granted, it really is just the ginger hair. But I wouldn't be surprised if in the future... Part of the mystery we have to uncover is the fact that Archie kind of looks like Jason. He does look like Jason. And they have the same football number. There's definitely There's a, a weird tie there. there. I agree. And I think it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. But I think that the connection between Archie and Jason is something we can't really, you know, miss out on. Yeah. Anyway, Cheryl runs to the locker room mm-hmm. and Betty and Veronica follow. She's crying, losing her shit. But the most important line we got from that conversation was when Cheryl said, you don't understand, he was supposed to come back. That was a very, very big line for me. So that leads us to believe that uh, Jason got off the boat and something happened. And he was supposed to come back to that boat, but he never did. There's so many possibilities. There's so many possibilities. And we'll get into that soon because there's... Even a more telling thing that happens at the end of the episode. Yeah. First, we just have to do milkshakes at Pops, which I guess, again, as a, um, a, a plebe in the Archie comic universe, I didn't realize the importance of milkshakes. Oh, yeah. This is like their everything. It's their water. Yeah. Riverdale is a milkshake. I think milkshakes come out of the faucets in Riverdale. And it's kind of iconic because we see... Betty, Veronica, Archie, and Jughead sharing a booth at Pops over milkshakes. And it's very, very Archie Comics, like, staple. Like, that's what was in almost every comic. And it's the first time we see this in the series together. And it's a beautiful moment. Yeah. Again, I don't know how they stay so skinny. If I had one milkshake, I would literally gain five pounds. I know. But sucks. We, for, we forget about that. They're sharing a booth. Betty and Veronica agreed and never fight about boys again. Immediately in walks Archie and Jughead. I hope in the future we have a love interest for Jughead. I think we will. In the comics, he always pined after Betty. 
Interesting. So, okay. Yes, we'll see. Yeah, I mean... I hope he gets a little action. I think so. I think we're going to see a lot of pairings romantically within the series. Because it's, it's depressing that the ends, he... Again, we, get, we end with some Jughead uh, narration, or what we are led to believe is the novel he's writing, about how there were four people at the booth at night... But truly, there were only three people, you know, and he brings up Betty, Veronica, and one lucky redhead guy. So he still feels like an outsider looking in, you he know? Does, He's he very does. much an Evan Hansen. He's an Evan Hansen, Jughead Jones. Just waving through that window. I know, I know. Let's hope he doesn't do something social media to take down the entire school. Wouldn't be surprised. He might, actually. We'll see. My favorite line at the end was, he's not like a bad novelist. He gets very... Uh, descriptive. He goes, For one shining moment, we were just kids. The neon lights of Pops keeping the darkness at bay. That's pretty poignant. Yeah. I would read this novel. I'm looking forward to it. I, think, I, I hope that Jughead Jones wins the Pulitzer. I think that will be his glory. Yeah. I hope there's a bookstore in Riverdale. I think, I'm sure I there know. must be. Riverdale's so small. But who does bookstores anymore? I know. Maybe it'll be available ebook, you know? Yeah. Anyway... So then the final scene of the episode, we're back at school, and we're in the classroom, and the... Well, Archie's going to go confess. Oh, Archie's so about to confess. So he's on his way to the principal's office. Bolo time. Then we see the principal and Kevin's dad, the sheriff, the sheriff, burst through, go to the science classroom. Yeah, so they're kind of preoccupied, so Archie's not going to get his chance to tell them what he knows. The sheriff and the principal head to the classroom... And they look in, and we are we immediately see Cheryl look up and look a little guilty. Yeah, and she stands up. She says, I know you're here for me. So we don't have to do this in front of everyone. And she goes, she confesses that she's guilty. And that's the end of the episode. So a lot to take in. Yeah. A lot to discuss. The most, the biggest takeaway for us was Cheryl Blossom and what happened that night. So she confesses that she's guilty. But we also learn in the narration afterwards that uh, Jason didn't actually die on the 4th of July weekend. Rather, he actually died a week after. Oh, so we got some serious juice here. And it's interesting because two things. A, Cheryl and Jason, that boat trip that day, Something happened, and Jason was supposed to come back. He didn't come back, and then a week later is when he was shot. So that leads us to believe that something sinister went on. Yeah, and that Cheryl, for her to tell people on the 4th of July that her brother is missing, she had to be pretty confident herself that, that in fact, he was missing. You know, like, she's definitely... She definitely plays a role in this. She does. The extent of her role, we let's don't talk, know. Let's talk some theories. So theory one involves Betty's sister, Polly. My theory is that Jason got Polly pregnant and that Betty's mom freaked out and wanted her to get rid of the baby. So Betty's mom put her in the home and Jason wanted to have a life with Polly. So he got Cheryl involved and he was planning to disappear for a couple days to get Polly out of the home and help her. And then something went wrong. And that's that's my theory right now. Yeah, I do definitely think there's like a Gone Girl element where there seems to be a conspiracy between the Blossom twins that Jason is basically going to like Gone Girl himself. If he's missing agree. for a week, she yeah. says he's missing. 
it's very reminiscent, you know, find Amy. Yeah. And then another theory involves Miss Grundy and the fact that Archie and Jason have all these connections. I don't know, but maybe Miss Grundy is hesitant to reveal that she's having an affair with Archie because she's, that's not the first student she's had affairs with. Maybe something happened with her and Jason Blossom. Yeah, she definitely took a step up in Archie. She did. Like, we've only seen bits and pieces of Jason, and it's hard to look attractive with a bullet in your head yeah. and, like, water bloated. Well, sometimes corpses can be hot. Yeah. But he's not that hot. No. Yeah, and it's the veins popping. I just think... Yeah. But there's Maybe definitely a thing prime. there, like, she could love redheads. It's true. You never know. My biggest thing at the moment, however, is if they heard a gunshot... On July 4th, this is Archie and Miss Grundy. Why was there a gunshot? You're right. So see, this is where our timeline gets a little thwarted. Because if he wasn't, if he didn't die until a week later, who was shot and who fired that gun? Right. That's interesting. And how did Cheryl end up on the shore drenched? She drowned. There's a lot of there, unanswered like, questions. Yeah, fell fell in the water. Yeah, there there's a, a lot storm. to uncover. Um, it's very La La Land. It's very La La you know, fell in the sand and just, here's to the fools who dream. Here's to the fools who dream, baby. My aunt used to live in Paris. My aunt used to live in Riverdale. I wish. I wish too. I kind of want to move to Riverdale, New York. See, I would like to vacation there. Just to, like, live out my Riverdale fantasies. Maybe we'll do a weekend there. You want to? Or, like, a live episode from Riverdale, New York. You heard it first, listeners. Ryan and Sam, towards the end of this series, we're going to be coming to you live from Riverdale, New York. Yeah, we're going to make that happen. But first, so there's so many theories, and, again, like, we know they have to string us along for a little bit. I was shocked we got that much information in the second episode. I was too. Cheryl's confession. And it's exciting because if that's only the second episode, I think the show's going to twist and turn a lot more than we expected to. Yeah. And I'm excited for it. Yeah, and we want to hear your thoughts. We gave out an email address at the end of last episode, which is actually false. So, sorry for that. You can actually email us at riverdishpod at gmail.com. Again, and follow us on Twitter. Riverdishpod pod pod at gmail.com yeah and you can follow us at twitter at riverdish you can follow me on twitter i'm at ryan bloomquist i'm at sam gold two d's d and uh stay sexy riverdale riverdale